Pay Online family, welcome. We're in a series called Acting Up. And hey, our hope in this series is to kind of journey through the book of Acts and to look at it, not to play copycat, uh, but to really look at it as a foundation that we can leap off of and see what it looks like for God to move in our everyday lives. We hope you get a lot out of it. God bless you. See ya. All right, well, we're going to continue our series in Acts. We call it Acting Up. And we're looking at the, the church in the early stages, you know, what God was doing there. And I find that what God was doing there is the same things he wants to do now and even greater, okay? He wants to show his, his self to, to the world through you and I. That's kind of what was going on back there. Wouldn't you agree? Everywhere they went, they would preach the gospel message and people would be born again and filled with the Holy Ghost and they'd go out and they'd see God, you know, entering into, interacting in their lives. So we're in Acts 19 and, and uh, we're picking up here and it says in verse 1, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth and Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I mean, that's the first thing you say to anybody that you find as a new believer, right? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, they said, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. You know, you wonder. But you know, people are all at different places. And you know what? If you're in the family of God, I mean, God loves you. We love you. I tell you what, if you're not in the family of God, God loves you. We love you. And, 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 uh. Paul was just checking in with them to see where they're at. Paul was an apostle. What was he doing? He was going around and giving impartations to people. He was taking people to higher levels in God, connecting them with God. And so he's doing a little probe. He's kind of like Doc, Dr. Paul there, checking out, hey, you know, how's the heart? How's everything going here? Do you, have you ever received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, well, no, we don't, we don't know. We haven't even heard this yet. He said to them, into what were you baptized? They said, well, into John's baptism. And Paul said, well, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they, they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. Verse 6 says, and then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. So guess what we're going to talk about today? here at Love Church. We're going to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Does that sound all right? Yeah. You know, in the Bible, it talks about doctrines of baptism, doctrines of baptisms. There's different baptisms. How many are here around? We went to the water baptism. One thing I'll say that everybody that got baptized, everybody there got wet. Even me. <laughs> So, you know, there's different baptisms, you know, and, and you know, baptism, uh, I would say this, it is a tremendous way to connect with God, you know? How many remember when you were baptized? I, I remember when I was baptized, it was, of course, back in the 70s, you know, and it was in a swimming pool, and it was Baptist church camp, and I got baptized, and, and, and uh, it, was a, it was a connection for me with God. That's what baptisms are all about, is greater ways we can connect with him. How many think you'd like to have some greater ways to connect with him? Yeah. You know, I'll tell you this, no matter where you're at in life, no matter where you're at in your adventure with God, 
There's going to be more ways you can connect with him. More ways. This is going to be fun today. I'm going to just let the cat out of the bag and tell you this, that at the end of the service today, we're going to have opportunity for ministry. We're going to have, you know, some people, I'll have some people come up. I haven't figured out who I'll have come up here, but I'll have some people up here that I trust and are, are full of the Holy Ghost, full of power, and they're going to pray for you. And we're going to talk about what you can get prayer for going all through the service today. We're going to lead up to it, okay? You with me? Yeah. All right, well, let me just say this, that in the early church, when people got born again, it was a normal thing for them to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me? What's the word I said there? Normal. This is normal stuff. Things get, you know, I've lived long enough, I've been a Christian long enough to see how things can change in any kind of a group, you know? Uh, you know, I, I, remember, I remember way back when I was a newer Christian, I was actually at Living Word and we had this guy named Jim Caseman come and preach. And Jim just looked out at all of us, you know, and he was somebody I respected. And Jim just said to all of us, he says, listen, guys, if you're not careful here, you're going to take what we've got and just make it another denomination, another religion, because that's what happens over time if you're not careful. And what's wrong with denominations? What's wrong with religion? Well, really nothing in some ways, but the thing that he was getting across to us is we wouldn't have that fresh connection with God that was so important if we don't hold on to it, treasure it, and grow and, and let him lead us. And I was like, wow. You know what? I've lived long enough to see that kind of stuff happen in churches. You know? It's not going to happen here in Jesus' name. So let me tell you some things Jesus said. You guys want to hear what Jesus said? Yes. Acts 1.4, he was assembled together with them, and he, and he commanded them. He says, don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. In verse 8, he said this. He said, you shall receive power. Can you say power? Power. Now, last week, we talked about authority, and we talked about power. We said this, that there's different words for power in the New Testament, and, and there's a word called uh, exousia, which basically means authority, delegated authority. And there's a word called dunamis, that, that there'll be no test on these Greek words, okay? But, but there's a word called dunamis, which really meant like power. Like it would be like if you touched the electric, do you ever touch the electric outlet when you shouldn't have, you know? I remember as a kid, we used to have, we'd lived in this old house, and going down the basement, there was just like this exposed little knob that you turned for the power, and one time the knob had fallen off and I stuck my finger in it. You know what I did? I came in contact with power. <laughs> Shot up my arm, I was going, oh, mom, dad, what's going on? Anyway, well, there's this word for power that's actually, the word, the word could be translated as dynamite. And this is what Jesus said here. He said, you're going to receive that kind of power, this dynamite kind of power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all over to the end of the earth, everywhere. No place is exempt. You know, this kind of power will work everywhere on planet earth. 
Do you know that? Maybe you haven't been out of Menominee before. You know, I, I, I remember uh, some friends of mine once, I lived in Minnesota, that had never left Minnesota. I was like, wow, really? You've never gone, explored the hills of Wisconsin? Or, or any, you know, or none of that? No, they never left Minnesota. Well, you know what? Maybe you've never left, but I'm telling you what. What God does, what the Holy Spirit does in your life will work everywhere. You go on a missions trip? Tell you what, you go on a missions trip? Maybe you go to Botswana? Tell you what, the Holy Ghost power will work there. You go to Haiti, his power works there. It works everywhere. So Jesus was talking to these guys. Remember, he commanded them. He says, don't leave Jerusalem until you get this power in your life. Then in Acts 2, you'll find that they, they, uh, they receive the promise. It says in, in, in chapter 2, verse 1, the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as is of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire and, and one sat on each of them. I like that. There was enough fire to go around. There was enough fire that hit every person. It didn't say, well, it hit Peter, James, and John, the big three. They got it. I'll tell you what. No, it hit every person. Every person. Same fire, same Holy Ghost is there for you today. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All right, let me just talk for a minute here, maybe a couple. But, but you know, this is a, a, a wild experience when you read this, isn't it? I mean, the wind blew, you know, and, and the storms came. No, the wind blew and the tongues of fire came down on every person that was sitting in the room. And, and everybody just got the jolt. You know, everybody at the same time stuck their finger in that open electrical outlet and went, whoa, yeah. And they all started praying in tongues. This is a wild experience. And I want to say this, that I've, ha I've had this kind of experience, you know, uh, where, where, you know, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and I've spoken tongues. In fact, I speak in tongues literally every day, you know. I, I do, and that's probably the most common way for me to pray is to pray in other tongues. It's okay to talk about this in this wild, charismatic church. You know, I'm telling you things this morning, whether you realize it or not, that can be such a help to you. That's our heart in sharing this is because we want you to be the best you can be. Experience the most, you know, and go the farthest and all that. So, so you know, what was I saying here is, is that this is a wild experience that they had, but I would say that that experience didn't look quite the same to me when I had that experience, you know, when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues. I didn't have any wind blowing, okay? I didn't have any, I couldn't see any tongue of fire land on my head or anybody else in the room for that matter, but I did pray in tongues, and, and, and I walked away from that place, and I said, wow, I got it. I got it. What I'm telling you this morning is don't let anybody else's experience devalue your experience with the Holy Spirit. You know, when you're here preaching, don't let it take away from you. Let it add to you. Yeah. 
Okay, some people are always in this comparison game where, where they're measuring what they've got against what somebody else got or even against what the book of Acts might have said. And you know, the Holy Spirit is the same in the book of Acts as he is today, but I'm telling you what, he is such a God of variety. He is not going to do, I've noticed this in my life, that he comes through for me every time, but it doesn't always look the same. And when I sit there and try to put him in a box and try to say, well, this is how it's going to be, you know, uh, I mean, I'm going to jump on one foot three times and turn around and then, uh, that, it never works. It never works. But I tell you what, keep your eyes on him. The Holy Ghost is not tongues. How do I say this? Tongues are not the Holy Ghost. Tongues are simply a way that you and I can connect with him. Do you hear me? Okay. Um, you don't have to speak in tongues to come to this church. But I feel like, like you need to know about it. And you need to have the ability to choose this. You need, you know, frankly, when I got born again, you know, I, you know it was back in the 70s, you know, I'm this hippie dude, you know, I get born again. I, I had done everything in my mind, you know, that I knew that the world had. I'd go after everything, you know. I wanted to be the best sinner I could before I was saved, you know. <laughs> the best I could. But when I got born again, I thought, I want that kind of intensity for God. I want everything he's got. And, 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 you know, if it's tongues, I said, I'm doing that. I'm speaking in tongues. I'm going to grab a hold of this stuff. And, and it is such a blessing. It's such a blessing. So tongues are not the end, okay? That's not what we're striving for. All we want is to have a greater connection with Holy Ghost. So wherever you're at, you know, in your journey with God and connecting with him, you know, Jesus told Peter not to build three tents on the glory mountain. He said, don't just camp here. Keep pressing on. Keep going with me. So, you know, tongues are not the end. They're just a vehicle to connect us with God. You hear me? So, you know, going through the book of Acts, basically there's about five places that it mentions believers, you know, being baptized in the Holy Ghost. There's the, the time that we just read. There's a time in um, Samaria where the whole city, it said Philip, and, Philip had been preaching, and the whole city received the good news of the gospel. And it said, I love what it said. It said there was great joy in that city. People had been healed, they'd been delivered, they'd received Christ, and there was great joy. And there was such a buzz about it. I mean, there was such a buzz about it that word reached Jerusalem. Now, if you don't know this, what Jerusalem was, was like the headquarters for the church. It's kind of where they, they, they hung out, that's where they started, and that's kind of where their camp was, and that's where the, the, the big shots were, you know, Peter, James, John, these guys that they hung out in Jerusalem, you know, and, and so word got there, and so the first thing they did is they said, said, we need to send Peter and John down to Samaria so that they can lay hands on those people and they can receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Why? Did they doubt they were saved? No. They were already saved. They already had the joy of the Lord. You know, I mean, uh, they were experiencing things with God. But the, the, the church headquarters, they said, 
there's more. Let's show them how they can even connect with God on a greater place, greater way. Do you guys want to connect with God in greater ways? I tell you, I want to always be a pioneer. Sometimes my flesh don't want to be a pioneer, but I always want to be a pioneer and keep moving forward. Keep going forward, finding you know, new places to experience him. Then, then in Acts 10, there's another time where Cornelius, remember Cornelius, one of my faves? You know, Peter was preaching in the house of Cornelius, and he was telling these people they weren't even Jewish. They were Gentiles. And Peter was telling them the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and this was new ground for Peter. He'd never preached to Gentiles before, but he was doing it on divine commission. Jesus had told him to go do this. I'll tell you, that's a good way to go, guys. Jesus telling you to do stuff, you know. And then you, he walked it out, and he's sitting there preaching, and it says that right in the middle of his sermon, the Holy Spirit fell on the people, and they all began to speak in tongues and prophesy. And, and, and Peter's standing back, watching it all happen, going, wow, wow. I mean, I didn't even get to the good part yet. Man, and, and here it ha- it's happening, you know, and, 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 and he just watched God move. I mean, you know, that's, that's a good thing to do is just, just stand back and watch God do stuff in life. You know, sometimes there's things in our life that we're trying to figure out and trying to maybe control and everything. I tell you what, it's a good thing sometimes to just say, all right, God, I'm going to watch you, you work. Maybe it's your kids. You know, it's always parents and kids. It's always a big thing. Let them work. Let, them, let God work in them. Lift it up and let them have it, you know. Maybe it's bills. Maybe, well, you know, work your job. I'm not telling you to quit your job and say, let, her, let the good times roll. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that, okay. I'm saying trust God, though. I'm saying trust him. Trust him to bring more into your hands. Trust him to bring more work into your business. Whatever it would be. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, you know, I, I was going to say this too, that, that don't compare your experiences with other people's. Over the years, I've prayed with a lot of different people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you what, I've seen a lot of different things. I've seen people come up, you know, as one guy in particular, I'm looking, I don't know if I see him right now, but I remember we were at the old building, and, and, and I was kind of, it was probably one of the last people to go, and I noticed this young guy that was there, and I, I didn't really even know that well, but he was just like, like waiting, and, and I thought, I, 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 my, my, my lightning fast mind finally said, I think he's waiting for me for something. I said, is there something I can do for you? And he goes, yeah. Will you pray for me for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I said, sure. And we went into a, a side room. If you remember that old building, man, there was many rooms. <laughs> we did not lack for office space. <laughs> a little bit on the sanctuary side. But, but anyway, um, so we went into a room, and I, I barely could get my hands on the guy, and he was just praying in tongues a mile a minute. You know, just going wild. I've had other people come just, just, just you know, uh, uh, you know, well, we laid hands on them and prayed. And they walked away and it didn't seem, it, it, to the natural, it didn't seem like they got it. But then they maybe came back the next day and said, wow, I was on my way home and I just started praying in tongues. And Dana, Dana had that happen. She was at a Bible study. 
when she was a brand new Christian and they laid hands on her and it was like afterwards she started praying in tongues. In fact, Dana's mom, I can, I can talk about her. She's part of the family. I can pick on her. See, if you're in my family, I pick on you no matter what. But I, I remember we prayed for her. I prayed for her personally, you know, uh, and, and it was at a church service. They were visiting, and, and, and she went back with a group of people to go get prayer. And I, I, I saw her, and I said, I'm going back. I'm going to go pray for that group, you know. So we prayed, and a bunch of the people just started praying in tongues right away, and, and Faye didn't. And, you know, I just encouraged her. I said, listen, keep your switch of faith on. She went home. They lived in Kentucky back then. Drove all the way back to Kentucky. And, and really didn't seem like she had a breakthrough like she wanted. And then she came up later. I don't know how much later that was. But spent some time with Dana and I. And we, we sent her home. And she would always get up at like 4 in the morning. It's like an Urbeck thing. Got up at 4 in the morning to, to start her journey home. It was like a 15-hour drive to go to Kentucky. And, and so she'd get an early start on it. And she got in the car. And before she left, we gave her this series of, of tapes from a preacher we'd had in the church. And, and as a matter of fact, the, the, the teachings that we gave her were teachings on end times. Like, you know, when the Lord was coming back. had nothing to do with praying in tongues. But they're, they're really good services. I mean, it was wild. I can tell you about that another day. But anyway, she gets in the car. She puts in the first tape and is playing tapes. And I, I think she got as far as Illinois when she had to pull off the road. And she called Dana. And this is alarming because Faye never calls us when she's traveling. She doesn't even call us when she gets home. It's the funniest thing. If we hear anything, it's because they had a problem, you know. But, but uh, she, she calls. She gets about as far, I think, as Illinois. And she gets to a phone, and she calls Dana, and she says, Dana, she says, I couldn't even drive anymore. She says, it was like a cloud filled my car. She says, I've been praying in tongues. I'd never done that before. I just started praying in tongues. I had to pull off the road so I didn't have any problem. You know, I've been in that place before. I've been in that cloud before. And, and if you have to pull off the road, do it. But I've found that I do my best driving. Sometimes I'm not the best driver, boy, when I get in that place. There was one time when I had to circle a parking lot three times before I found the exit. But anyway, I did get out. Dana was there. That's all right. That's all right. So, so here's some things I want to just tell you about praying in tongues. One, it's for everybody, okay? Anybody can. Anybody who asks can have this. This is not something that's just for some elite group because I'm certainly not in an elite group, okay, except with Jesus, okay? Um, it's for anybody. Here's, here's the thing I, I found people think, though, is that the Holy Spirit is going to take over their tongue and make them, make them talk. I, I remember as a new believer, again, I, I, I wanted this. And it just seemed like, and I was, this is the middle of the charismatic revival, and, and I just couldn't find anybody that knew how to pray with me or, or, or would even lay hands on me to pray for me. I thought, I just was in, this was my, my, my struggle. I'm sure there were people that could have, but it was just the way it went with me. I couldn't find any. But I remember one night, I stayed up the entire night just waiting for the Holy Ghost to take my tongue and make me talk. I mean, I'm just exposing my ignorance right now. But that's how I thought. I just prayed. I, I, I said Jesus about 50 million times. 
Come on, Holy Ghost. Make it go. Come on. You know, that's, that's, I did. Thank God I was home alone and in the dark, nobody around. The Holy Ghost will not take your tongue and make you talk. In the book of Acts, in chapter 2, verse 4, it says that they began to speak in tongues. They began to, and the Spirit of God was there and gave them utterance. Okay, you do the talking. You know, when you're waiting for the Holy Ghost to do the talking, from my experience, you'll sit there and wait all night. Okay, you've got to do it. All right, and then uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, I'm just going to read these couple verses. Make sure I don't keep you too long because I want to I have time for us to pray. Uh, it says, if I, verse 14, Paul said, If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Verse 15, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit. And I will also pray with the understanding. I'll sing with the spirit, and I'll sing with the understanding. So Paul said, I mean, this is really simple, folks, but he said this, I will pray with my understanding. How many get that part? You know, you know, like you're going to pray for the food today at lunch, you know, and, and, you know, I don't sit around with the family and wait for a goosebump to pray for the pizza, okay? I don't say, all right, when, when the Spirit comes on me now, I'm going to let her rip. No, I just say, Father, thank you for this food. I'm ready to eat, you know, and, uh, and I'm not a long meal prayer. If you're going to pray, pray. You're going to eat, eat. Okay? I always used to hate it. We had this friend, my dad's, when he'd come over for the meal, my dad would often ask him to pray. Man, that guy prayed till the, till the window shook. And I wasn't even saved. I'd be like, oh, my eyes are bugging out. I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know? I mean, he was a, he was a powerful guy. I loved him. But I was like, Dad, could, don't ask him to pray for the meal. No, don't, don't, don't. You know? Anyway, he says, I will pray with my understanding. So when I pray with my understanding, I choose to, and I pray right out of here. Okay? Right out of here. He says, but when I pray in the Spirit, and the understood subject here, when he talks about praying in the Spirit, he's talking about praying in tongues. He says, I will pray with my spirit. I'm just pray, not praying from up here. I'm praying from my spirit. I'm praying from the inside. I'm praying from my heart, okay? I'm praying from, you know, the person that I really am is where the Holy Spirit lives, okay? The key, though, that I want you to see is that it's a choice. You know, you're not going to just be walking around, you know, one day in, in, in public and all of a sudden you're going to start praying in tongues and you have no control over it. No, you have control over it, Okay? You know, I've yet to go pay the bill at a grocery store and just start talking to the cashier in other tongues and not have any control over it. I control it, okay? I can pray in tongues whenever I want, um, you know? And, 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 you know, when we have a need come up, many times, this is how Dane and I would, would pray. You know, you know we, we find out about a need, we would pray with our understanding. We'd pray what we know about a situation. But when we come to the end of that part of us, that understanding that we have, we would pray in tongues. I remember way back in the day, 
there was a, a call we got from somebody, this was in Minneapolis, that their, their child had spinal meningitis. They were at the, the, the hospital. They'd just gotten this diagnosis. And in this child, how old was she back then? Like, like a year, year and a half or something, just a baby and, and maybe two. And, 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 uh, and goodness, we hung up the phone with, these are friends of ours. They went to our church. And, and we, just, we just, we prayed, you know. And we actually hit the floor. I remember we were laying on the floor, Dana, <laughs> and we were praying. And we, what'd you do? We prayed till we had peace. We prayed till we had, you know, your mind will go all kinds of places. But we prayed till we had peace. And when we got done praying, um, Kara had walked into the room. She was, she was, I think she was three, barely three, you know, and she walked in the room and watched. She saw us doing all that. You don't be afraid of your kids. And she says, Mom, Dad, can I do that? And, we, and I looked at her. I was sitting on the floor yet. And I said, sure, come over here. We laid hands on her. She just started praying in tongues. And she was, she, well, she was three. And you know what I did as a dad? Every night, my job was always to put them to bed. You know, usually Dana had them all day. I'd put them to bed at night. So after we had that experience with Kara, and, and she prayed with us. And, and actually, when you want to know this? She prayed in tongues. And then she sat down and she looked at us and said, good, can I pray in French now? I said, well, you're going to have to work on that. But, but anyway, but every night when I'd put them to bed, I'd take like, like seriously 30 seconds and I'd say, listen, let's pray in tongues together. And we would just do that. We'd pray that every night. And why? Because I wanted her to get used to using that gift. I wanted her to not just have a one-time experience and say, yeah, yeah, I prayed in tongues when I was three years old. That was it. No, I want you to do it every night. So you know what happened then? Putting two kids to bed, you know, junior, baby, well, Casey was, Casey was two. And, and she heard her sister praying like that, and she says, I want that too. Hey, you know what? Two years old. She, I knew she was born again. I prayed for her. She got baptized in the Holy Spirit, starts praying in tongues. So then every night we prayed with both of them, and they just do that every night for, for the lo- a long time. We don't do that anymore. And that little girl, that little girl that had this, she, she's okay. I, I see her on Facebook still, you know. I see, she's, she did, she's okay. <laughs> she, she was good. A um, couple scriptures, and then I am going to have people come up, and we're going to pray. Goodness, where does time go? Jesus said this, too, in Luke 11. He said, so I, ask, uh, and t- I say to you, ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find Knock, and it'll be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it'll be opened. If a son asks for bread from any of you uh, f- that's a father, uh, will he give him a stone? Or if he gives a, asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? Come on, Jesus, where do you come up with this material? You know, he's getting a point across here. You know, we got dads out here. Um, I look over at Anthony. You love Tobias, don't you? I mean, I, I see it, you know. If Tobias asked you for a piece of bread, you wouldn't give him a rock, would you? And if he asked for a fish, I mean, you'd be surprised if he asked for a fish today, but, but <laughs> you wouldn't give him a snake. You wouldn't do that. And Jesus is saying that just to say, look, guys, natural human dads love their, their kids, and, and they're not going to give them something else when they ask for it. And he says, so... 
if you guys can do that, he says, how much more? Much more. I like the way he said, much more. Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Anybody that asks, he's going to give it to you. You're not going to get some false tongue. You're not going to get the wrong thing. I know people think that. I've thought that kind of stuff. You can trust God. You can trust him. So, you know, there's benefits of praying in tongues. You know, two things I'll give you. I guess I should give you scriptures. Romans 8, 26 and 27. I'm not going to read it, but basically Paul says this. He says, sometimes, guys, we can have a weakness. And a weakness that we can have is we don't always know how to pray like, like we should. We don't know how to cover everything like we ought. He says, but in times of weakness like that, we can yield to the Holy Spirit, and he knows how to pray through you. He can get the job done. Doesn't mean you don't ever pray with your understanding again. It means when you come up to the end of your understanding, you've still got a ways to go that never ends. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse, um, verse 4, again, Paul's talking about tongues here. You know, he says when you pray in tongues, you're praying out mysteries and things like that. But this is what he says in verse 4. He says that he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Edifies. Now, I don't know about you, but before I was a Christian, uh, it's a word I didn't really use. Edify. I didn't walk around talking about being edified. So I had to look it up back in the day. And, and probably a good definition of the word edify just means like it would be like charging up a battery. It'd be like you go to start your car and, and the dreaded sound comes. That happened to me last this year. You know, uh, to, you know there's, there's two, two sounds you can have. You can either have the... Or you can have... You turn the... Don't make me repeat myself. <laughs> or you can turn the key and nothing's there. Either case, your battery's gone dry. And you need some charging. And I'm telling you what, as a human being on planet Earth, I've had times where I felt a little dry. I felt like I need some charging up. And Paul said this, that when you pray in other tongues, that is a way to supernaturally charge yourself up. Wow. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, I want this stuff. Hey, church family. Gary here. We want to talk about some of the ways that you can give. One of the ways you can give is with text messaging. So send a text message to 77977 saying, love giving, and then wait a second for the response, click the link, set the amount you want to give, whether it's a reoccurring gift, and then hit give. Another way to give is on the website. Go to www.wearelovechurch.com. Up at the top, you're gonna to see a word saying give. Click that. You'll see a button that says click here to give. So go ahead and click it, and then it's going to take you to a page asking you the amount, whether it's a one-time gift or a recurring gift. Go ahead and hit next, and then confirm. Another way you can give is with the Love Church app. You can download it from the iOS store or the Google Play store. Once it's installed, just open it up. You'll see a button that says Give. Tap that. Select the amount, whether it's a one-time gift or a reoccurring, and then hit Give.